Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 33 of the Snakes on the Diamond podcast. We're going to talk about Corbin Carroll and his rookie season as we wait for the rookie of the year uh, vote tallies to come in. They announce who wins it, although we know who it's going to be. And also, question is, how much? So anyway, I'm Mike McDermott. I cover... Dimebacks for Inside the Dimebacks on the Nation. I'm joined here today by James Atwood from AZ Snake Pit. So, James, how are you doing today? Hanging in there. Looking forward to seeing Carol pick up some hardware. Yep. So, anyways, uh, let's get started on Corbin Carroll's rookie season. What did you think of it? I think it's better than any of us could have hoped for. Uh, I think we all knew he was going to hit the ground running. I don't think anybody... Expected a 25-50 season. Uh, sure, he was helped by the new rules. I That's tough to deny, but it. hey, everybody got to play with those same rules, so I'll take it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Like I said, first rookie to ever do a 25 home run, 50 stolen base season. His average war, if you take fan and baseball reference and add those two and take the average... Actually comes out as the best in Dimex history, slightly edging out Brandon Webb's 2003 season, 5.7 to 5.4. It's some lofty company indeed. So it's like, you know, two Dimex put up a five-war rookie season or is someone that won a Cy Young award is the other guy. (laughs) So expecting any situations where Carroll could compete for an MVP award? Down the road? Down the road, yes. Uh, given the way that he started before he hit his little mini slump midseason, he looked like he was in the running for at least picking up some MVP votes this year. Uh, I think that can all be put to rest by now, though. There are three other candidates that are exponentially more deserving this particular season. Uh, but if he continues to put up this kind of season over the next five, six, seven, eight years, I expect him to probably start picking up MVP MVP votes uh, in the near future. Yeah, I think, where do you think the biggest area of improvement do you think is for him other than just consistently doing it all year? Um, if he's going to be consistent about it, he's going to have to get a little bit better against left-handed pitching, especially with re- with regards to the power. Uh, his power stroke may or may not remain the same as it is. I mean, we've talked ad nauseum about the two-handed swing versus the one-handed finish, and that's something he's going to have to get more consistent with and find the pop with. Uh, but yeah, I think overall it's just going to be his approach versus lefties, keeping him in the in the starting lineup for 145, 155 games a season. So if you look at the uh, left on left, Carroll's hitting as in his rookie year hit 283 with a two to one strikeout to walk ratio. So you'll take those. And yeah, as you mentioned, the power does go down only seven extra base hits and 174 plate appearances. Although you'd still take. Uh, 721 OPS because that against the left hander, that's still relatively average. Oh, absolutely. I'm not saying he stinks against left handers. If anything, he's the one lefty on the roster, the left handed hitter on the roster that actually holds his own when digging in against left handed pitching. But that's where he's going to need to work on his game if he's going to stay in the MVP conversation. I was also thinking probably uh, his defense will have to get better because if you look at the overall package now, he had above average range, but the arm really killed him defensively. The arm's going to kill him for the rest of his career. He just doesn't have a strong arm, which is why he should have always been in left field to begin with. Nope, depending on the roster dynamics this offseason, who they sign, he might end up being the everyday left fielder next year. I'd be fine with that. 
<laughs> Just depends on who they pick up in right field. If anything, it'll he- keep him from being hurt as badly on defensive matrix in right field because he doesn't have the arm to play that position. Right. So it looks like Wes is going to try and join us here. I'm alive. My internet's working. Screw the biggest cable company in Arizona. They're terrible. Cox. Yeah, no, Cox has been very bad. Uh, my internet has been out more often than it's been working in the last like two days. So, yeah, that's fun. So, yeah, we were talking about what Corbin Carroll needs to do to get into to stay consistently in the MVP conversation. So, you want anything to add? So, James talked about Carroll showing more power against left-handers. I was talking about maybe more consistent defense also could add to that value. Where do you think, what do you think Carol's biggest area of improvement? Well, is? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you guys. Uh, that's, that's the first thing I was going to say is the defense. The defense is the biggest area of, of improvement like that. He really going to have to work on because the offense is obviously like come a long way. Like he's, there's not much you can ask more for him to do. Defensively was below average last I checked. I don't know what his final numbers were uh, at each outfield position, but like if he works consistently as above average defender, he can build on the um, the season he had offensively. If he's just you know add a few more stolen bases, a few more home runs, more hits, uh, you really can't go wrong. It's like as long as he keeps doing what he's doing offensively, he's gonna he's gonna be in the argument. I mean, he's already. Was a top ten for uh, position player war, wasn't he? Yeah, top ten in the National League. So, uh, yeah. So if you look at Carroll, obviously the defensive runs saved. So I mean, that's, he's, he's already in the he's three. already in the conversation. And that's the real. But much, but that has more to do with uh, his arm because if you look at the defensive run save breakdown, it's. The uh, outfield arm costs him three runs, and then the uh, good fielding plays versus misplays was in the negative on that one. There were a couple pretty bad ones, like the one against Philadelphia, obviously was the signature one, in my opinion. Although in that same series, he also made one of the most difficult catches of the season. So... Later in that three days later made probably the hardest catch of his career. If you look if you, you know, go back think, and look at it. I think the biggest way uh that Corbin can improve defensively, they just stuck him in one position, like moving all over the, the outfield. That that doesn't I don't think that helps. Doesn't help you become a better defender, like a, become a better center fielder if you're also playing left and right, or a better left fielder if you're also playing, you know, center field and right field. I think if we have a more set outfield, other than you know moving him like they did in the postseason from the left to right, depending on what was more the more challenging. Uh, Actually, in the postseason, they mostly corner, played him in right I think field. That's like that would really go a long way. Just like being like consistent left fielder in Corbin Killer, Corbin Carroll, or right fielder. That I think that would help his defense. I mean, also you have to figure out what the center field situation is. Is Alec Thomas a part-time that's, player? That's is he an everyday player? You know, I, I call that a, a fantastic season. I don't know much more you could want out of it. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to run away. Regardless of how you pan, he's going to run away with rookie of the year. And we're going to find out within the next hour how much he ran away with Y'all it. Are- Will it be? All right. And then one. We get everyone up and going. We'll definitely we'll ask the question of whether or not you believe Carol will get it unanimously. So, take a look. Uh, taking a look so far. No announcement yet. Not yet, and I. He should, in a objective, fair ballot, go unanimously. But given the way that a lot of these things happen. Some I people. could very easily see him coming up a couple votes shy, especially if some of the uh, writers from, you know, Queens want to put Senga 
in there. I mean, the thing that hurts Senga is it took him too long to get going. Once he got going, he really got going. And that's why he should finish no worse than second place on anyone's ballot. Like it's, it's, I mean, it, you have your clear cut one and two guy on the ballot, Carol one, Senga two for probably about 90% of the ballots. Now the question is, who do you think we are? And obviously we expect James Outman to finish third, but who would have been your pick for third place in the rookie of the year balloting mm. between Outman, jo- uh, Nolan Jones of the Rockies and Matt McLean of the Reds. If I'm picking from those three, I'm probably leaning more towards Jones than anybody else. But the one thing that Alton has going from Alton put in a lot of games. I mean, he played in 151 games or something like that. And he didn't put in a rookie, a typical rookie season. He put in a real season. Uh, yeah, Nolan Jones. In let's see. Obviously, there's <laughs> there's a lot of regression long term to worry about for Nolan Jones, but. 106 games, an OPS plus of 138. That's four points higher than what Carroll did. And he's, and in a, if he played an entire season, would have annihilated the left field gold glove award standings. Like he was the best defensive left fielder in baseball by a lot, but he doesn't get the hardware to show for it. Nope. Although when you're playing in Colorado, you want the superior defender in left field because you have a massive left center gap, whereas the right field line isn't necessarily as bad. It's just a huge outfield. You want as much defense out there as you can get. Yeah. Yeah, so Nolan Jones plus 10 defensive run state. I'm not sure what StatCast has, but I'm sure it's similar. My vote would have gone to McLean, although my vote would have gone to Matt McLean for third place uh, with the transformative effect of him being on the team, slightly edging out Nolan Jones for third. Okay, so looking at. I'm. Okay. So yeah, StatCast has him as a below, below average range, but his arm yeah. saving a lot of runs. Although in his defense, he probably, although in uh, Nolan Jones's defense, it would probably help if he uh, played one position. Likely. Which makes the most sense. Either play him at first base or left field. Although I do feel like first base is a waste of his defensive talents, especially since he has adequate range for the outfield. I remember watching for the first time and there was a foul ball and it was like 10 rows back and I'm looking up and I'm like, this first baseman's halfway down the line. What? <laughs> this is when the D-backs played the Rockies, I think, in June. It was the it was the four-game series where they swept. And it was like, I remember it was like, I don't remember a first baseman getting down the line like that. Of course, it turns, I think Jones came up as a third baseman, but he's his defensive talents are better suited for the outfield. Well, by a, by a long shot. He has the arm for third base, but he doesn't have the, Necessary soft hands. Yeah, so I think, like I said, uh, Rockies finally seem to be having a good defensive outfield between Jones and Doyle, who ran away with the gold glove in center. And I don't know who's in right field. They got plenty of candidates to evaluate. Heck, even Jones is a potential candidate for right field for them. All right. Well, we're still waiting on the announcement of the rookie of the year. They're going to milk this all the way until five o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to be, it's going to be the end of the episode. Of, oh, by the way, Carol just won rookie of the year. They just announced it. That's going to how ha- it's going to be how the episode ends, isn't it? That's my guess. They, they, they seem to really like to drag this stuff out. Like I'm gonna pull up McLean's numbers. Obviously, we've talked to death about Carroll all over a year, but obviously talking about McLean, obviously him 
the D-backs not being able to sign him kind of stings a bit because the D-backs have a bit of an organizational hole at shortstop. Although the chances of Nick Lane sticking at shortstop with the current roster were pretty low, but he would have probably ended up at either second or third base, which you would take. Because I think, uh, so yeah, similar number of plate appearances as Nolan Jones, Matt McClain, 129 OPS plus 3-7 war. Splitting time between both middle and field positions. So you can make the argument that to put him ahead because he played a tougher defensive position, but then obviously war also takes that into account. And you also have to, and I also think the Rockies sometimes get their players sometimes get dinged on these type of events because they play a course field. But honestly, I think it makes playing a course field makes it tougher in my opinion because, uh, because of conditioning and it, the significant home road splits and how the ball changes. Basically, you're facing a completely different pitcher going from cores versus the road. They are really milking this. <laughs> so you want to do any other award predictions while MLB slow plays this? So... I don't think there are a whole lot going to be a whole lot of surprises this year. I think that the National League Cy Young race is probably the closest, and it's going to go to Blake Snell unless there's something really fishy going on. So, so you think Gallon finishes second or third place in the Cy Young vote? <sighs> kind of glad that Logan Webb got his due. Right. I from the Cy Young votes. I honestly think Gallon, because of the way he faltered down the the stretch of the season, could end up in third place. Yeah, if Gallon doesn't falter at the end of the season, he would have been first place probably. Cause there are some people that are turned off by the fact that Snell walk rate is borderline unacceptable for a starting pitcher. Well, there's that and the fact that he has a problem pitching any kind of real load of innings. And the only two times he's ever managed to put up a, a full season's worth of innings are the two times he's been given any kind of Cy Young consideration. And outside of the year where he stole the award from Justin Verlander in this year, nobody's had him in a Cy Young conversation because he's more of a number two way or three starter yeah yeah and both of those seasons he's put up 180 this year 180 in 2018 put up 180 and two thirds and that's kind of like the new modern day number one guy gives you that much that many innings nowadays you can pull up innings the uh the fact that both web and uh gallon, gallon brooks Went over 200, much like when uh, Verlander had 40-something more innings than Snell. It's one of those, hey, have Snell pitch 40 more innings and then see where those ridiculously low video game numbers are. If you keep pulling him before he ever has a, a chance to put up one crooked number inning, he's going to have some good-looking stats. <laughs> Yeah, because if you look at the innings pitch, and this is on Baseball Reference, Logan Webb number one at two sixteen, Gallon second at two ten, Garrett Cole at two oh nine is third. Then you got Miklas at two oh one and a third, and then Bassett at two hundred. Those are your two hundred inning guys, right? For the season, it's like Snell's not even in the top ten in innings pitched. And also, in Gallon's case, there is a third time through the order penalty if you look at his splits. It really is. But I think you'll find that for just about every big inning starter out there. And it's not ter- it's not terribly surprising. I mean, we've got video Webb. to break these guys down. We've got great hitters getting second and third looks at a guy. Of course there's going to be a penalty. Unless you're just blowing the doors off of everybody the way 
RJ or Clemens or Schilling or some of those old school guys did, where you were striking out 16 in a game, that third time through the order penalty is going to exist. Trying to find Logan Webb's times through the opponent. Okay, so Logan Webb. First time, 679 OPS. Second time, 566. Third time, 732. Not much of a penalty in his case. It's if you look at TOPS Plus, it's, it's 122. Still, it's but. still trending towards the high side, though. That yeah. Once you're over seven and a quarter, you're, you're dancing in that really touchy-feely area where you really want to start getting through the inning in a hurry because those guys are going to start getting on. <laughs> yeah. Cause the weird thing is if you look at the plate appearances, his walk rate completely drops, but he gives up a lot more hits. And that's basically the big penalty on Logan on Logan Webb is he gets hit and then the slugging percentage goes up third time through on base percentage. It doesn't go up that much relative to his batting average. You guys are moving again. You froze. It's stuck with James looking up at the ceiling for like two minutes. I was very confused. Yeah. I see you've also moved to a new location. I'm guessing that's the better spot. Yes, it's much closer to my router. I don't know what's going on. I think someone's moved something around that's like messing with my signal, but it appears to be better. So, yeah. So we were talking about the Scion Award since we're waiting for the uh, announcement. So we, uh, so we were talking about, uh, Blake Snell and is uh, for the second time a questionable Cy Young choice because he gets pulled before yeah. he gives up runs. Yeah, that's uh, it's not just that he was really lucky. Like just his right. just his luck on his peripherals is like beyond anything I've seen. Like really, uh, I'm wary of any free agent. Like you know, someone who signs Snell as free agent because I would expect him to implode next season. But, um. Yeah, I don't think he's really... I wouldn't give him the Cy Young. And we were talking about how Webb and Gallon were first and second major in among MLB starters in innings. Yeah. Two to go above 210. And Garrett Cole, who's winning the, the AL Cy Young Award, is going to be that, at... That, yeah, Garrett Cole uh, winning is kind of two and nine. expected. I mean, that, there, there's no real contest about who should be winning the AL Cy Young this year. Cole's had a couple years where there was, you know, there were close votes and so forth. That's not the case this year. Uh, Garrett Cole proved why the Yankees didn't make a bad decision giving him that fat contract. He pitched like everybody expected him to, and that put him head and shoulders above the rest of the league. Yeah, I was going to say, Garrett Cole, the expectation for Garrett Cole every year is to win the Cy Young. Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, he, he should win it handily in the AL this year. I really don't. I don't. Yeah, I mean, right. based on the contract, they got what they wanted. I know there were some questions with uh, after coming over from the Astros of like, okay, with the kick stuff related, dude's still a good pitcher. Uh, I mean, he took, what he, he took what he learned. Yeah. I don't know who Maybe you, you put in the same argument as uh, – as him in the in the AL, like who who else is really in that that conversation for Cy Young? Who is? I'm gonna double check to make sure. Well, I think Sonny Gray. I'm trying to figure out who the finalists were. Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray was one of them. I'm, I'm trying to remember up. the other. When in doubt, always look up pitcher WAR. So yeah, Cole had the most WAR for pitchers at seven four. Uh. I mean, Bradish is third in war, Kyle Bradish, but I don't think he's a finalist. I love that we like automatically just don't include Shohei in this conversation. Well, <laughs> he doesn't count. He I mean, doesn't Otani's count. Not, he's the MVP, but he's yeah. not even close to the yeah. best pitcher in his league. Yeah, he's he has not lived up to his I think his own standards of like, you know, how good of a pitcher he could be. I just think it's I funny mean, because got- he, he 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 has a huge lead over everyone else in the war. So. Yeah, first time I watched Otani pitch this season, the A's slapped him around for an inning. It was like yeah, I, it was like the robot glitched or something. It was yeah, one of those starts. Every where it's time like, I watch him, he gets inning. lit up. I avoid watching Shohei starts just because, uh, yeah, they're they're cursed when I watch. Them. I wonder the if they're still the talking about. Why aren't you still talking about the home run he hit off Henry? 
in Los Angeles. But obviously, we'll find out later this week that to find out he won the MVP. Let's see if the Carroll announcement is coming yet. So on the American League side, uh, Gunnar Henderson, unanimous first place. Wow. Holy shit. Unanimous first place for uh, Gunnar Henderson, the AL. Tanner Bybee finishes second, so he gets the full year of service time. He got the most second place votes at 20, and I'm going to pull that up. For everyone to see the the the, the golf between uh, Carol's first place votes and Sanga's first place votes is massive. Uh, I mean, oh, Ellie De La Cruz was in that conversation too. Still, there is a no, massive De La Cruz golf. getting votes. That is it. That's, that's should not probably be getting the biggest surprise there. No, he shouldn't. He's they not even the rookie of the year on his own team. They must have cast their ballots in June, Michael. <laughs> Yeah, this is the AL, by the way. If you're not sure, they're like, "Oh, it's a month. It's been decided. That's all you got to do." I mean, if it was decided, Jim Carrey's still unanimous. I want to know who voted for for him because I, like, we we actually talked about it. Like, we 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 talked about a real time of like, "Oh, okay, this guy fell off." So yeah, they split the third the third place votes were split evenly, but Bybee clearly dominated the second place votes after Henderson won it unanimously. So Bybee gets for finishing second gets a full year of service time. Mm-hmm. Well, the Orioles will get a draft pick. So let's see if the. When did Josh comes Young in. get the same? Uh, like no. he's tied with he's tied for second place votes, but he's no. has more first place votes. I'm not sure how that works. That's what I'm asking. Josh Young is in fourth place. Right. Well, I have the actual. There's no award for fourth place in this award. If there was, we would know. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying they're uh, young and BB uh, Bybee are both tied with 42 second place votes. So I'm not sure how that works. Where are you seeing that? I am on. What I'm seeing it has Bybee at 20 second place votes. There's 30 for for Gunner, then 20. Yeah, Gunnar Henderson had 132 plate appearances in 2022, but only 116 at bat. So that's why he still qualifies. It's because of the at bat rule. So we'll probably it'll probably be five minutes before Carol's announced, and we find out some some somebody trying to get attention votes gives him a second place vote instead of first. I I I expect. I already this know who didn't all, do it. All by unanimous for uh, Carol. Who who didn't vote for Carol? That's a question. We'll find out. I suspect. I don't think it'll be the. I don't think it'll be the New York block. Like I said, it's more likely. I think it's more likely that uh, someone from the NL East, but not New York in particular, will vote for Senga. Yeah. Especially a team that saw Senga a lot down the stretch. And saw Carol earlier, so I'm saying Philadelphia. Ryder could have done it. Yeah, I could see that. We kind of we kind of were throwing out number like names earlier in the year of who we think could uh, be that petty to not vote for for Carol or Henderson, even though it should be unanimous. So yeah, it's 30 votes. Like I said, Carol gets all 30 first place votes. It's unanimous. But like I said, it it was. Always good. So you look at the race this year is always Corbin Carroll against the field. You agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the beginning of the year, we thought it was going to be Jordan Walker. Then it turned into James Outman for April, and then that changed to Ellie De La Cruz in June. And then we look up in August, Matt McClain's (laughs) now the guy. If Matt Matt McClain didn't get injured and he maintained his like production, do you think? It would be an actual toss-up. No. 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 I mean, the fact that James Outman finished third in this yeah. race that went all of a sudden done. I mean, what hurt? What uh, coming up later in the year probably hurt both Jones and McLean. Yeah. I'm not sure if there were teams that never saw him at them at the major league level. Or you look at two guys that were four WAR and basically what two thirds of a season's worth of plate appearances. Yeah, they're around. I think uh, Jones is at four hundred six, and then uh, McLean was at four hundred two or something like that. Similar numbers. 
Nolan Jones is going to be a real threat in the field. I think like it's good talk yeah. about these names is because we know like you're Nolan Jones. I think is Jones is due for regression for a year. I think so, but, but he's going to be a even regress. In, Nolan Jones is still going to be a threat. Yeah, he's going like to be he, a thorn in the Diamondback side for years. Like he def his balls and play average is unsustainable. Four hundred one. Now, of course, he's the type of guy that sh- should be fine at course field hitting line. You should not try to pull the ball because he's got power to all fields. And I think teams will have a better idea of how to pitch to him. And obviously, the book on pitching to Nolan Jones is he's a long six foot five guy. Crowd him, un- crowd him hand high. That's how you get him out. I've seen too many highlights of yeah. D backs missing down and out over the plate and him hitting it 500 feet. I've already seen it like three times. So, yeah, kind of. You're really announcing it. That's MLB, kind of the book on him. MLB Network is announcing it? Or? Yes. Yeah, I don't it's just MLB know. Network. Oh, okay. I don't All know. Right. We're still waiting. We'll probably, as I joked earlier, it's like we're probably going to have to end. When we probably get tired of waiting, they'll probably announce it. And it's like, oh, by the way, Corbin Carroll won Rookie of the Year. It was unanimous. Good night. Well, we know. We know Gunner just uh, won the AL, so yeah. it shouldn't be that long. Unanimous nail, and it's the same situation yeah, in the National League. Spend a few more minutes talking about how awesome it is. He got unanimous, and then they'll talk about him being the first Orioles since Greg Olson. Then they'll talk right. about the PPI pick, future Diamondback Greg have Olson. A commercial break. Then we have to have a, a, a comeback from commercial break. The same yeah, talk about a player that wasn't even in the Rookie of the Year voting. Having an awesome season. And but, then yeah. finally they'll get to announcing. The I think Henderson deal. barely missed the club. Too. The 2550 club. I'll look up his numbers. He might have been behind. way behind. I, Still in base numbers are way behind. I mean, he plays. He's a shortstop. So, I mean, he has much. Uh, I think he's playing most he's of the he's coming up. He I know he's not coming up stick. as a shortstop. Let me, clar- let me clarify that. I think, right. yeah, no, I know. He's better suited to play third than Holiday. Unless they want to put Holiday at second base. They don't really have an established second baseman. I mean, heck, you can even put Holiday in center field, too. But Mullins is going to be there when he debuts, so. So, yeah, you look at Henderson. Henderson doesn't have the same value with the bat as Carroll, but obviously playing shortstop, third base, and putting up good value at both positions. Yeah. Elevate that. Henderson's the type of guy if... Actually, no, his bat ball profile is fine. I mean, he was... I mean, look at fan graphs real quick. I mean, he's four point. Uh, what Carroll finish with in war? Uh, fan graphs war F four Carroll was at six. Okay, so behind behind Carroll in F four, but he, I mean, he was above average defensively. Uh, yeah, it's it's more of a well rounded profile with Henderson. Yeah, whereas it, Carroll's it, almost it, all offense. Yeah, I mean, there's some room. There's room for improvement with. Uh, with Henderson for sure. Like looking at his stats, I mean, his, his walk Only rate 10 steals had dropped pretty significantly and not a lot of stolen bases. You would, I'd like to have seen more from him. Um, I mean, Baltimore, I don't know what Henderson's speed rating is. Obviously I'm assuming it's above average. Yeah. I don't think Baltimore's type. Well, actually I would say Baltimore isn't the type of team to steal, but they probably are top 10 in stolen bases. Speed rating yeah, is SPD. It's SPD, right? Yeah, he's in the 85th percentile. 85th percentile on sprint speed. He's pretty fast. I think what will hurt Henderson... I think what hurts Henderson in the stolen base department is he doesn't hit enough singles. And he doesn't walk a lot. No, he walks above average, but not a lot. The walks are down. Strikeouts are about the same. He's still striking out about a quarter of the time. Uh, That's really... that... I mean, his his batting. You're not worried about average, the strikeouts. No, I would not. Thirty homer threat at shortstop. Got a thirty homer bat at shortstop, essentially. That's kind of, yeah, so he had twenty eight home runs, uh, just, nine triples. Just, he just missed out on some big counting stat. Like if he just could get two more home runs, uh, one more triple, uh, and one more double, his numbers would look really good. Thirty. Has uh, there ever 30, been a player 10, that hit 30. Has there ever been a player that hit 30 doubles, 30 homers, 10 triples? Let's find out. So 30 homers, 30. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right, let's find out. 30 homers, 30 doubles, 10 triples in a single season. I'm looking that up on stat, stat head right now. If I had to make a guess. More I'd seasons than you think. Game. Yeah, there All are right, more than guess, you think. Guess how many? Maybe. Uh, how many times 20. that happened in MLB history? 20? 20. All right, at you least. want to take a guess, James? I'd say maybe five. 49. Wow. Um, more than you think. A lot more than you think. So double what I now, thought. I was trying to go here's double. the next question. Who was the James. last player to do it? Who was I'd the last take, player to do I'd, it? I'd take a stab in the dark and say Shohei. Nope. Or Trout. Oh, last uh, time it happened, oh, Shohei was pitching in Japan. Jose Reyes. Jose Reyes didn't have 30 homers. Uh, okay, I'm trying to think of a new conversation with the yeah, trout. Before he got no ready. trout. It's not trout. Um, it's not trout. This happened in the 2017 season. This player led the National League in plate appearances, runs scored, hits, triples, and batting average. Hmm. Now, of course, you guys are going to Google. Actually, it's, harder to hide, it's harder to find that shit than you think, man. Because <clears throat> Google sucks now. <laughs> Google sucks now. All right. You guys give up? I, yeah, I'm drawing a blank. Charlie Black. Google. Charlie, yeah, it makes sense. That makes H30 sense. season. I, I don't know if he got MVP votes for that, but he should have. Ten triples guy, but okay. Course field is a triples ballpark. Doesn't, doesn't he don't hit it out of the ballpark? I think I that was think also the year Blackman, the fences went up. I think Blackman actually has the, or he's come very close yeah. to eating the the Rockies record for triples. If, uh, I think he's the active leader in triples. He might be. Let's see. It's an italicized Some, number. Somehow, Charlie Blackman the, is both like overrated and underrated, in my opinion. Like he's like seen better so than he really was. Rated? And then you think about it, and you're like, oh no, Charlie Blackman sucks. And you look at his numbers, and you're like, I oh, didn't suck as much as I thought he did. Charlie Blackman uh, yeah, hasn't no, been. Charlie Blackman hasn't been a great yeah, player is, since he, that 2017 season. He is the career triple leader. You were yes, that is correct. With. His defense completely declined. They took the Rockies took too long to get Blackman out of center field. Yeah, it, it like maybe he should have never played center field in the first place. Uh, yeah, he should have been like a left fielder or right fielder. He's yeah, right field. Right. You put him in the worst. Charlie Blackman's the guy you put in your worst defensive spot. Yeah, and it, I would say you want a better defender in left playing in that ballpark. Yeah, so. I'll have to think about that for a second. All right, let's see if we have announced it yet. They've still not Carol Hope announced Hope's it to, add to his trophy case. So apparently, yeah, we all know we all know he's going to get it. Apparently, Corbin Carroll is. So this is from this is from Derek Montague, the mayor of PHNX, not the mayor of Phoenix, but the mayor of PHNX. <laughs> Although maybe he will run for mayor. So he's so from his tweet he's saying that Corbin Carroll is apparently in a bar in Scottsdale with friends and teammates around and reportedly Alec Thomas and Brandon Fott are in are in the attendance and James ba- uh, James Outman is in his bedroom alone. Of course I have no idea the validity of the second half. I believe the first part of it. Right. Well, yeah, auto, auto play for everything they can to get viewership for a whole hour. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So this it. is a, so some more Gotta fun stats. It. Some more fun stats to share on the air. So this is every rookie season with as many home runs, triples, and doubles as Henderson. Just rookies since 1936. Pretty good list. Yeah, I gotta pull it up on my yeah, no, that's a great. Dick Dick Allen should be in the Hall of Fame. It's bullshit that he's not. 
Yeah. I, I think it has to do with the fact that he had he had a not so great relationship with the media, but it feels over. He was an asshole. Like, he made Barry seem nice, okay? Like, Barry Bonds has a reputation as a prickly guy. People say that Dick Allen makes Barry Bonds look nice. Barry Bonds yeah, had every reason not to like the press. And so oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's always part. That's from long before he played. I mean, so you look at kid, uh, he dealt with that. So yeah, that's just a little fun statistic. And Omar Garcia Parr is probably the worst player on that list, and that says something because he had a pretty nice. Oh yeah, if nice he didn't fall off a cliff, if Omar Garcia Parr doesn't tear his entire groin to pieces, yes, taking a play, if, he has a very different career. If you just Who go from this? from his, the start of his career to that point, he was like uh, easily not he's not a rod, but he was right right after that. Number I mean, yeah, at least top three, very latest. The PED link is probably the excuse for the vo- writers that didn't vo- uh, vote in Barry Bonds, the Hall of Fame. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Just Bonds gave him yeah. an easy out. They did. So, yeah, looking at Garcia. Poor Noma. Noma was uh, a Hall of Fame. Almost a Hall of Fame career. Noma. 124 OPS had plus at shortstop. We have the pitch clock now. <laughs> Yes. I think right. it was tooth. Yeah, Garcia Parr. Garcia Parr and David Ortiz are f- to blame for the pitch clock. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, David Ortiz straight up said, go ahead, find me. I will keep doing it. Yeah, but he'll run out of strikes. Mic drop. This is what he's talking about. When he, this is back when they were going to find him. He's like, go ahead and find me. You can find me all the money you want. I don't care. Where's the? It's hilarious. I have an extra mic no. in here. I can't find it. I was gonna actually do an actual mic drop. <laughs> Noma. Noma. Actually, that's like still how I do impressions of Bostonians by saying his name. It didn't hit the floor. It hit my chair, and then it hit the floor. <laughs> I just wanted to do it for fun. I just hope he gets his kids because he married Mia Hamm. Those kids are going to be very athletic. I hope they get those kids into baseball. <laughs> just to finish our Nomar talk. Yeah, also so. sad he was trading the World Series year. I don't know. Let's see. Still not announcing Carol. It's f- still have not announced Carol. It's f- 10 minutes to the hour. So we got about three or four more minutes. Yeah. God, MLB Network, You're terrible. They're milking it. Just terrible. Get ha- <laughs> yeah, we're. It's gonna be a very quick wrap up, but. Why so what do we trying? get? What do the D backs get if Carroll wins Rookie of the Year, Michael? I think everyone could use well, a reminder. I th- Carroll would get. Uh, $750,000 bonus for winning rookie of the year. Plus who knows what you'll get from the pre-arb pool. Yep. Could get another couple million from the pre-arb pool. And then you got. And the D-backs so is, will get the 31st pick in the draft. And then the D-backs will get 30. Yeah. As James alluded to, although I'm not entirely sure how the qualifying offer picks, the twins would also get a pick in that range. If Sonny gray signs with another team. If Sonny gray signs with another team, they get the first pick after competitive balance. A. Yes. Are you 100%? I'm not entirely sure. Let's look. I'm going to look it up one more time because I swear the information says after the first round. Because remember, 2019. considered part of the first round by MLB. Yeah. Okay. I believe James is correct on So a team that loses the player is a revenue-sharing recipient based on revenues and market size. Then a selection, if and only if, the lost player signs for at least $50 million, which is going to happen. Yeah. Be awarded a pick between the first round and the competitive balance round A of the MLB draft. So it's between... On MLB's website. Okay. I need some visuals. Qualifying off. I mean, do you expect Sonny Gray to sign for less than $50 million? Mm, no. 
if he signed for less than fifty million dollars, then be after competitive balance round B. So he'd be so the Twins would have the last pick in the draft. It would be intentional if he did. It would be kind of funny to see him sign a one year high annual value. Yeah. Why would he do that? I don't think he would do that. I think he'd try to get as many years as possible, knowing it's his last chance to pay. Yeah. I just think it would be fun. It would be funny. He can bet on himself. I mean, a lot of guys. That'd be something Trevor Bauer would. That's something Trevor Bauer would do. That is a Bauer thing. That would be something (laughs) Trevor Bauer would do if he were. I mean, he took a a Bauer could have taken a much, much, much bigger deal than what he did for four years. The Dodgers are lucky. I mean, they're uh, they're lucky, but you know, you know what I mean. Uh, Luckily, Bauer's contract was shorter. Yep. What? And they only got a relief from the twenty twenty. Rest yeah. of twenty. When it, when was that suspension sh- cut down? They're still paying a salary this year. Twenty twenty three. I think I, that's I, it. I think, yeah, yeah, that's it. They're, he would be yeah. Yeah, they still so, basically yeah. wanted to pay the whole damn contract. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that the suspension <laughs> took out the t- half of his twenty twenty one salary and then all twenty two. Come on, rookie of the year. MLB. So, yeah, the Twins would be the only pick. Like... Twins would be the only team to get a pick in that range, and the D-backs actually would pick ahead of Baltimore. Okay, I'm not sure, sure if reverse it's order standings come into play for the Twins as well because it's uh, they're all compensation picks in the same range, so that's probably the case. It could be D-backs 31, Twins 32, Baltimore 33. In that case, if Sonny Gray were to sign for, let's say he goes to Philadelphia. Let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> or even worse, the Dodgers. Oops. Diamondbacks. I'm looking up there. That'll be a total Dodgers move. Draft odd. Okay, so we are 29 because they fit, they lost the World Series. Corbin Carroll is okay. the NL Rookie of the Year. It has been announced. About time. Yay, Corbin. Good job. We love Party you. Party music. Keep it up. Party music. I don't like that, that they like, okay, I mean, on one hand, it's good that you get a lower pick because the team is successful. Like, this whole point of having, like, a farm system and drafting and all that. But in the case of the Diamondbacks, uh, I know we would have had a... They would have picked around 19 like, or 20. Yeah, 19 or 20, like, at least 10 picks higher. So, like, that, that hurts. Uh, for a team that like just sneaks in the postseason, that's really going to hurt some teams in the future. Like that's going to be some. I don't know. I would think the value of playing as far as they did in the postseason is kind of a. Oh yeah, absolutely outweighs it. It absolutely. I've had more, more people the team the, than picking an extra six or seven spots earlier. I've had more people come up to me in the last like two like two months since like you know postseason postseason ended, um, in probably like the last six years of people just. Coming up to me and talk about the Diamondbacks because they know, like, oh, hey, that's why I've always been to it, you know, for a while. If they know anything about me, they probably know that, like, I, you know, I've written about the Diamondbacks, I've done this with you, Michael. And I just, like, literally anyone who has even a passing interest in the Diamondbacks uh, has talked to me about it. So, like, interest is definitely much higher than a draft, you know? So, I mean, I have not seen any interest, like, in person like this in years. Unanimous. Right, Some writers got it right. right. Yeah, that's a first. It's to see that he got the that's not a first. The Carroll should have gotten it. No, no, I'm saying it's the first that the writers got something right, and we're yeah. thinking what they're. I mean, this is it. the this is the year where the two guys that were considered favorites to win Rookie of the Year basically posted. Oh yeah, I I don't think I've ever actually seen both rookie of the year like projected winners actually win it and just run away with it like this like i don't can't remember last time yeah, that it was happened. much more of a runaway in the american league because nobody else came close to henderson probably carol definitely had more challengers but carol outlasted them all what was that james i probably have to go all the way back to 2001 and see who uh oh each year each and pool holes oh my god pool holes there you go there we go. Yeah, you're right. That is probably the last like obvious unanimous winners right there. Um. Well, well, how did Trout finish? I'm curious. I don't remember. 
I don't think he was unanimous. Uh, trial rookie. Loading. We still live or like where? Like where do you go? Michael just disappears. <laughs> oh, say so he won. Twenty twelve. Yes, he won every. He he had unanimous vote. He was unanimous. Pretty sure. Though I might have just been scanning through that a little too quickly. Uh, yes, it was it was a trout sweep. So, um, trout yeah, I mean, like, Harper. yeah, that was trout and Bryce Harper. So that would have been also. <laughs> Uh, a wire-to-wire -wire finish. It, se it seems to be like a once-a-decade thing, James, where you get this kind of class of rookies, and I think we're really seeing like uh, kind of next-level talent compared to what we were seeing a couple decades ago. Like Striker Trahan. Do you remember him? Yeah. I remember Striker Trahan. <laughs> you do you remember what he did and what position he played and uh, how far he went? Because I don't. Other than he was a catcher, he was a high catcher. school catcher. He was a high school catcher who had some family trauma, tried to come back from it, and it never took off. He was just never. Oh yeah, that's it. that's right. Yeah, he, he had some uh, his his strikeouts, not by a long shot. He was a boomer uh, candidate, and he was totally bust. Bobby Borchering. Yeah, Could draft a trout there. That's the one that hurts me the most. And they also picked up Kids AJ don't smoke Pollard. tobacco. It's bad. But it would have been something. I'm going to add in. You probably Mike shouldn't Pollard. complain too much about passing on trout since they, they took Goldschmidt later in the draft. They could yeah, have taken both. And Pollock, and Pollock turned out to be probably the what the fourth best position player in that draft. Wasn't he? Wasn't he like a fourth rounder or a third rounder? Who? Trout. Goldie. Goldie. I thought Goldie was like a yeah. like a fifth rounder at best. Goldie was an eighth rounder. Eighth rounder. So even yeah, they could have drafted Trout like and Goldie or something like that. <laughs> So, uh, Trout was a case where everyone was kind of late to him. Uh, do you, uh, who do you think? Uh, do you think Jordan Lawler stands a chance at all? Who are the favorites for NL Rookie of the Year next year? Depends on a couple things. Is Jackson Churio go going to be? Uh, having his rookie year, that's the first question. Right. I don't think... I mean, we're I not going to worry about Jackson Holiday because he's in the other league. I'm going to go Centuria, with... Uh, Dilling, uh, I actually know Cruz won't be up quick Yamamoto. enough. Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Wherever you oh, yeah. Yamamoto could be a factor for the Rookie of the Year award, too. But obviously, there's going to be an adjustment period getting used to the new workload and the different baseball like we have with Senga. Maybe if you look at it's like so yeah, Churio's obviously the candidate. If he's good if he makes the team out of spring, he's obviously a candidate to make uh obviously a candidate for rookie of the year. And Jordan Lawler has a non zero chance, but I just don't see it happening unless he finds he also, double A form at the MLB level. He is and then you look at uh, Crow Armstrong, I think is the favorite, in my opinion, of, of the guys that have already debuted. Okay, we'll just, I, so Crow Armstrong and uh, Chario are the two. I think leading candidates, obviously, I think Lawler's kind of in that second tier of uh, if he exceeds expectations and everyone else kind of flops, could take advantage. 
I think those are your top three candidates. Well, and obviously, we don't know about pitching. Find a way to stay on the twenty-six man roster from the beginning of the season, which right yep. now isn't even a given. Yeah, especially since Crow Armstrong is going to be the everyday center fielder in Chicago, especially if Bellinger leaves. Bellinger's leaving. <laughs> yeah. Although Bellinger will be moving the first base. Oh, wait. No, they, there was a report that Morel was going to be taking reps at first base, so they're already preparing for the possibility of Bellinger leaving. Let's see. Yeah. And then next, uh, I would say the next. Actually, no, Marte's not. Wait, Marte's still prospect eligible? He was called up in mid-August. How? Is there some weird shenanigans that he has 129 at-bats? Yep. 114 to be exact. So, Noel Marte is actually still eligible for 2024 Rookie of the Year. So, we have to consider him an option as well. Put him in that top tier. And then obviously we're coming down and we're looking at what about Acuna for the Mets? Obviously we're going deep down the rabbit um, hole at this point. Yeah, I I think he might actually have a better chance of being the 2025 rookie of the year than the 2024 rookie. <laughs> yeah, so we can conclude Yamamoto if he signs with the Mets, Crow Armstrong and Jackson Churriot as the three top three and then Jordan Lawler if he has if he exceeds expectations could stand a chance that sound about right that sounds about right because I put Lawler in the same chance to win rookie of the year as Ezekiel Tovar had this year so (laughs) not everything would have to line up right and of course in the Diamondbacks case all Carol had to do was be healthy and be his normal self to win it yeah, I'm yeah, still so. looking forward to see whether or not Jordan Lawler even makes the opening day roster because he's yeah. got some work to do. So, yeah, so looking at the uh, vote breakdown, you know, there are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players that got a vote in the uh, rookie of the year. And I'm pulling up Alex's tweet. Here. So here's the rookie of the year voting for uh, the National League. So Carroll dominated first place votes, obviously. Yeah, miss. Kodai Senga got 22 of 30 second place votes. Outman got five. Jones two and McLean one. So I'm not kind of I'm not surprised how that Jones and McLean got some votes because they almost had as much. I guess you say they were close to Senga and War mm-hmm. in fewer games. It really was. Just Carroll, and then, however, whether or not he'd be unanimous, and yep. they got it right, which meant that the and rest of the should have gone to Kodai Senga. I was going to say, and Altman <laughs> siphoned off enough second place votes to get in the third. But interestingly enough, there were three votes that didn't have Senga on there. Interestingly. That's the bigger mystery than whether or not Carol was going to be unanimous. Well, that's the interesting thing. Ellie De La Cruz got a vote. As we said earlier in the podcast, how? Why? And I feel like McLean definitely got done dirty a little bit. The injury kind of hurt. Hurt his chances a to pick up a, down ballot votes. Half of a lot of awards is staying healthy. <laughs> yep. This is what is it? Carol Senga and Outman played the entire season at the major league level. Carol ended up playing. I'm sure. I've, let me check the number of games. But Carol played like 150 games. Outman played 150 games, and then Senga made 30 starts. None of them went to the IL. None of them missed the. Uh, and of course, Carol had two two uh, injuries that scared the bejesus out of us. Actually, three, I think. Their injuries is scared to be used out of D-backs fans. Oh, Senga only made 29 starts. And 29 starts. I guess they looked at the walk rate and said, no, thank you. There are some people probably did. I'd still take 
a guy with a three six three FIP and uh, 160 innings as a rookie of the year candidate. Sure. That's your typical top starting pitcher in a rookie year. But when it's close and not not the case this year, usually the position player wins in a close race because you just see him more. Indeed. Well, I guess that probably wraps it up for me, though. Unfortunately, that wraps uh, up for both of us. No, so there were there were no surprises, other than how long it took them to finally get around to announcing it. Yeah. So I will talk to you all later. All right. So anyway, before we go, make sure to hit that subscribe button, leave a like on the video. We'll put a timestamp for when the uh, Corbin Carroll when we uh, came down so that we can get to there. And Carroll will be talking to the media nothing shortly, so I'll be there for that. So, anyways, make sure to check us out at Snakes on the Diamond on the YouTube channel, and also uh, check out. And we just published on Inside the Dimebacks with si.com slash mb slash Dimebacks if you're interested in reading Dimebacks coverage, including the offseason. We just, as I mentioned, just published the Corbin Carroll Rookie of the Year article, unanimous first place votes. And make sure to follow me on Twitter slash X at Mike McD MLB. You can follow James either. Uh, well, I think he put up the AZ Snake Bit Twitter instead of his own personal one, but yeah, AZ Snake Bit's pretty easy to find. You just go back the show and it's listed right there you can also follow Wes at buyer wesley and i'll be signing off and i hope you have a good really uh have a good day